welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great pleasure to be back on board for yet another football season, the 10th of the history of Purple Mafia. Tenth. Yeah, this is the 10th season where I'll be covering the Vikings here on Purple Mafia. 11th overall, if you want to count the YouTube days of Paladino Live. Wow, yeah, 10th. T-E-N. You know, like Timberwolves Entertainment Network? Yeah, sorry, I was kind of mumbling there for a second, but uh, wow, 10 freaking, this is the 10 freaking year, man. So I've done it for nine years so far. Yeah, you get the idea. We're going to talk about the roster cuts. The 53 players have been selected and all that. We'll get to the uh, practice squad players later. We'll just talk about that in the next episode, I suppose, with the transactions and such, because I'm not going to wait any longer. we got to get this season preview out there. Finally, I came to a decision, as you'll hear in segment number two. Segment number two, I finally came to a decision on who's going to get to the Super Bowl, who's going to win it, of course, who's going to get to the conference finals. I was just lollygagging. I could not make up my bleeping mind for the longest time, and I finally did. So there it is. Once again, you will hear a fan in the background, and that seems to be a trend lately, not a mirage, because I just I need the air moving around, so please forgive me if it's making a tiny bit of background noise, particularly when you turn the volume up, you might hear it. So hope you're having a nice day. September is here. September is here. Regular season football is here. Well, it will be in a week or so. Happy Labor Day weekend. Um, this one's not military related. It's just like, you know, just a day to relax and chill. So hopefully you're able to do that. I love this time of year when the humidity is not up, and this year it's not, which is great. And in the past it wasn't, but the last few years it, it was, and, you know, it's sporadic and all that, especially with the state fair. It seems to always get humid magically around the end of August, early September, but this year not so much. Temperature went up a little bit as we head into the weekend here, but, um, <clears throat> yeah, feels kind of good. Usually I talk about that at the end. I'll talk about that again maybe at the end. I don't think you need a major weather forecast right now or whatever. <clears throat> Well, for memory's sake, a year ago, like unofficially a year ago, because it's a different day more than likely, but in terms of Labor Day weekend, Saturday morning, literally a year ago at this stage, the Vikings traded for Samuel Sam Bradford. Cool memory. See, and, 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 and on that day, I wasn't jumping on to do a season preview. I was in a hurry because I was about to head to Chicago with my wife, so that was, yeah, just, it was an okay couple days there, not too bad, not, you know, nothing spectacular, but it was fun, it was fun to see Chicago and all that, and experience the subway system, so, God, I can't believe it's been a year already, um, but this year I get to get to a legitimate season preview type of show, and of course we're just about to talk about the cuts, couple of kind of surprises, one major, major, huge surprise, and of course practice squad, practice squad players will be named at some point in the not-too-distant future here during the next week. i got to think one or two of these guys, maybe maybe even more than that, will be added to that practice squad, including the German wide receiver, Morris Bullringer, just like last year. He was cut and then signed to the practice squad, so I wouldn't be surprised if that took place again, but I guess we'll see. Um, <clears throat> there it is. Sam Bradford a year ago. Kind of cool. So let's get to the point here. Let's, uh, yeah, Willie Beavers cut. We'll see if he winds up on the practice squad again, just like last year. That was kind of funny. In fact, I think he was even not even on the practice squad for a while there. The Vikings just kind of said, screw him, basically. But then the injuries started mounting, and good old Willie Beavers, Billy Weavers, Millie Weavers, whatever. You get the idea. Millie Weavers. <laughs> Infowars. Yep, see, now that's going to keep popping up. Morris Bowringer. Alex Boone. Yes, Alex Boone. 
Well, Alex Boone, yeah, he went from starter to cut. And yes, this happens sometimes. It's a fairly expensive contract, so Vikings moving on there. But there is ten, uh, excuse me, three million dollars of dead cap hit on the Minnesota Vikings this season. Unfortunately, it just is what it is at this stage. Um, we'll also talk about the roster spots in a second that were won. Some of them semi surprises. Some of them kind of interesting. But you get the idea. Um, but yeah, Alex Boone is gone. They cited his durability concerns. He was just just starting to get hurt a lot here. So they were a bit concerned about that. I, I don't know, though, but ultimately he didn't seem to live up to the hype of what we thought he was. He's just, you know, he's, he was the anti-Dennis Green. He's not what we thought he was. So very disappointing there. Defensive tackle Dylan Bradley. Cornerback Sam Brown. Tight end Kyle Carter. Kyle Carter. A lot of people thought he was going to make the team. And that uh, Bucky, <laughs> Bucky Rogers was going to end up going to the Bucky Hodges. Yeah, Bucky Hodges. I don't know why I said Rogers. just came out wrong. Bucky Hodges was going to go to the practice squad, but I think the Vikings may have thought that he's kind of, you know, even though he doesn't even block, which is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, you got to block if you're a tight end, just like Adrian Peterson not blocking and all that, and, and you know, other players that didn't make it to the NFL when people, people thought they were being uh, targeted for certain reasons, when they refused to play special teams and you're drafted in the sixth round, well, of course, there's a good chance you might get cut. For those of you that were offended that Michael Sam got cut from the Rams, that's what happened. You know, if you refuse to play special teams, it is what it is. But no, Kyle Carter, the Vikings were afraid that uh, trying to put Bucky Hodges on the practice squad, may have uh, they may have been plucked there. So Bucky Hodges will be on the 53, at least at this stage. Kyle Carter, maybe he'll be the one who will go to the practice squad, and we'll see what happens from there. Love this name, defensive tackle Chunky Clements. He won't make it, unfortunately. TJ Clemmings, there's another notable. TJ Clemmings, cut. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he'll wind up in the practice squad. I don't know, but a lot of us very unhappy with his play so far. I'm very a major disappointment back-to-back years, 2015 and 2016. Uh, offensive lineman taken by Rick Spielman, who, yeah, whew, that guy should be on the hot seat. That's for damn sure. Linebacker, Nor Davis. Let's keep moving. Tackle, Reed Frago did not make it. Isaac Frischetti, who has Minnesota connections, of course. Wide receiver, cut. Taylor Heineke, cut. Now, he was the hero of game number... Three at the end there. That was a lot of fun. The Vikings ended up winning that game. Taylor Heineke with a just a gut-wrenching drive at the end of the game. Real gutty, really hanging in there. But I don't know. Um, he has injury issues, but hopefully the Vikings can get him on the practice squad. Right now, only two active quarterbacks on the roster, which makes you wonder. Some people are fearing that old paper neck might, might, might come here. I don't know. It, we'll see what happens. I don't know if they want to bring him in or they do, they don't. Ugh, let's try not to make. Let's try not to give him the platform if we're if we're so ticked off at it. Which I, you know, I'm annoyed with what happens, but maybe we don't need to give him the platform, and then it won't. They won't get as much attention for it. I guess we'll just leave that as is. Uh, running back Bronson Hill, who ended up replacing uh, Sankey, the running back, the other running back, Atoria's ACL. Bishop Sankey, unfortunately for him, Bronson Hill. I had a feeling he was probably going to end up getting cut anyway. So. That sucks for him, unfortunately. You know, I, I don't feel happy about anybody getting cut. TJ Clemmings, you know what? He was very frustrating last year, but I'm not celebrating anybody getting cut. It sucks. I mean, getting cut sucks. So, uh, unless the guy, like, was the biggest jackass ever, which I don't believe that. So, truly doubt it. Um, Alex Boone wasn't a jackass. He's just kind of fun. <laughs> Zach Karen, Zach Karen, who was kind of valuable last year, but he wasn't, he wasn't anything special, but he filled in when he needed to. He's gone. Hmm. Marshall Cohen, who had that quirky kick there in game number three from way out. It was like a knuckleball meets screwball meets curveball. I don't know what the hell it was. It went in, and then he missed the 57-yarder indoors. So 
Ouch. Uh, you know, that's just Blair Walsh again. You know, a, a, a leg that could kick a ball over a mountain, but, you know, can't hit the broadside of a barn sometimes. So, yeah, so I don't know. That was the problem. So I'm happy with Kai Forbath. Very happy with Kai Forbath. Just make the damn kicks. That's, that's all That's all there is to it. Um, if you have the biggest leg ever or not so much, as long as the kick goes through the uprights, that's what matters most, right? So it is what it is. Linebacker Elijah Lee cut, but again late round pick, so don't be surprised if the Vikings hopefully can get him on the special teams there. Mitch Leidner brought in to help out due to the injury concerns back and forth. Mitch Leidner, the former gopher, Mr. All Over the Place, he was brought in and got to play in the in the fourth game, and he was okay, but he had some Mitch Leidner moments where he looks real good, and then he just like, what the bleep did he just do? He's also been cut, and we'll see what happens from there. Sam McCaskill, Sam McCaskill, pardon me, defensive end, gone. Terrell Newby, who I thought was okay, gone. Another draft pick. What the bleep, man. Ifadi Odenigbo, gone, at least right now. But again, special teams, special teams, special teams. I, or, I keep calling it special teams. Practice squad. What the bleep? What the heck? Pardon me. Practice squad. I think he's going to wind up there. Jabari Price. He was okay. He was a late-round pick. Was it last year or two years ago? Hmm. Maybe practice squad. Maybe not. Maybe he'll get scooped up by somebody else. And the chances of that are probably pretty good because there's some names out there. I would. Not, I mean, Alex Boone's going to get scooped up. I got to think. T.J. Clemens is going to get scooped up. I got to think. He is because somebody out there is going to be desperate to, to scoop him up. Zach Karen, same thing. They'll at least wind up on someone's practice squad. I got to believe it's very possible. Josiah Price, the other Price there. The Price was not right in this case for him, unfortunately. Tight end gone. Cornerbacks Horace Richardson and Trey Roberson on their way out at this stage. Linebacker Edwin Edmund Robinson. Hmm. A special teams linebacker the last couple of years. At least last year, not uh, he's unfortunately on his way out at this point. We'll see what happens. Austin Shepard uh, and R.J. Shelton, he's been put on the, which one was it? There's a couple of different ones here. Where is he? Well, he was put on the uh, injured reserve, but not showing him on here for some reason. Dayton Jones also placed an injured reserve. That Very unfortunate. Nice rotational defensive lineman brought in, and now he's on injured reserve. So, hmm, that stinks. Um, again, that's R.J. Shelton as well. So the Vikings must have seen something in him that they like. And they, yeah, we'll be talking about the receivers a bit here for a while. It's kind of exciting, actually. Will Sutton, the former Bear, he's gone. So he did not make it. That's unfortunate there. Uh, Taylor Semenk did not make it, the punter. So unfortunately for him, he's not on board. Jack Tocho on his way out also. Hmm, seventh round pick. Again, pack the squad, most likely. I think the Vikings will keep him. I mean, why not? They're, they're, that's what happens when you have all these seventh rounders. I had a feeling they were going to get. This is going to be the situation. They wind up on the practice squad, hopefully for their sake. Nick Tuzdel and Freddie Tagola on their way out as well. Nick uh, Tuzdel is a tight end. Freddie Tagola was a, a a guard. So those two guys not too well known, and unfortunately on their way out. But uh, Tocho, how can you not forget that? <laughs> how, how can you forget that name? That's a fun one. So let's get going. Quarterback Sam Bradford and Case Keenum. Obviously, both of them have been on the St. Louis Rams in the past. Bradford, well, he's the starter. We all know that, and this is his chance to get a nice long-term deal with the Vikings or somewhere else. We'll see what happens with Sam Bradford this year. I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm optimistic. I hope the offensive line is better. You're going to be seeing. See, the, the, the debate was Pat Elfline or Nick Easton. Pat Elfline or Nick Easton. Well, Pat Elfline and Nick Easton. 
That's right. They'll both be starting on the offensive line now because that guard position is on its way out. You always thought it was going to be Berger, that he wouldn't necessarily get cut, but he'd retire eventually. And then you pair him with uh, Alex Boone on the other side of uh, the center there. But unfortunately, the center being, is it Elfline or Nick Easton? The decision there will be made. Kind of back and forth in Elfline and Easton. Right now, it looks like Easton is the center, but I don't know. It should be Elfline long term, and Easton will be a guard. And that's nice. It'll be ever, uh, a ever a versatile guard there. Running backs: Delvin Cook, Latavius Murray, and Jarek McKinnon. No surprise there. You got Delvin Cook, the overall star. You got the Thunder in uh, Latavius Murray and the Lightning in Jarek McKinnon. So cool, very awesome. And that CJ Ham has been kept on board to be the fullback, and he's a good fullback. Nice blocking, powerful uh, Ham on Rye. Okay, you get the idea. <laughs> ham and eggs, Ham on Rye, whatever you want to say fullback for the Vikings. Happy for C.J. Hamlin that he was able to stick on board. Six wide receivers were kept, and that's not a surprise, especially with Michael Floyd on suspension right now. Four-game suspension for the substance abuse uh, alcohol situation there going on, and the Kamucha T, that is not related to it. Luckily, that didn't extend his uh, potential uh, suspension there, so mm, he's out for four games, and then a decision will be made between, well, it'll probably be Jarius Wright on his way out. Don't be surprised. I like him, but he's pretty much I don't know. Unfortunately, his role is reduced to a point of it kind of is what it is, especially when you have a guy like Adam Thielen playing a similar role and doing it really well. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, well, at least he caught a pass and looked okay during the... uh, (laughs) At least he looked visible this preseason when he was finally healthy for a couple seconds. Thank God. Like near the end there in that third game of the preseason. Looked okay. We're hopeful. We're hopeful. Um, Rodney Adams and Stacey Coley. Adams looked a lot better in that third game of the preseason than he did in the... uh, in the, in the first two. Stacy Coley continuing to be, you know, he's not perfect. None of the, neither one of those two guys are perfect. They drop passes, but Coley, overall, the better player so far. I like Stacy Coley an awful lot. Again, he would be a kickoff returner if uh, he winds up on there because, I mean, he's not the shifty guy. He's a straight line guy. Adams could kind of be both, but of course, Marcus Sherrills, that's his role right now. Um, but also, uh, also, Jarek McKinnon proved he could be an option as a kick returner as he returned Okay, he was he, he returned one to the house. Jarek McKinnon, I mean, especially with his reduced role at the running back position, why not? I mean, that's the way you could stick on this team, still make millions of dollars, and be a very valuable piece. Jarek McKinnon, he will be an option on kick returns, and I applauded how whole, uh, wholeheartedly because I think he's damn good at it. He did a great job. Um, we're set. I mean, we don't have to worry about Cordell Patterson going to the Oaktown Raiders. We'll be talking about them very soon next segment. Oh, we'll be talking about the Raiders. We'll be talking about Chucky's clubs. Chucky's football teams. Yeah, it's uh, the Chucky Bowl of 2002. Yes, sir. Remember the Chucky Bowl of 2002? We're going to be talking about both of his clubs. Mm-hmm. Chucky. You, you know who Chucky is? Huh? Do you, do you remember who that is? John, uh, John Gruden, right? Looks just like Chucky, especially back then. Coach of the Raiders, coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they played each other in the Super Bowl, and Chucky was on the winning side because he went to Tampa. Old Chucky. Yep. <laughs> Tight ends, Kyle Rudolph, David Morgan, Mr. Solid, and Bucky Hodges, Mr. Goliath, who needs to block some people. Kyle Rudolph will need to hang on to some more passes so he could be a, like a legend in this league. It'd be nice to see that happen. Hang on to a couple more of those damn passes, Kyle, and you're going to be like a 10-time pro bowler. If not, you're just going to be a well-above-average tight end that, that doesn't catch every, you know, that doesn't... <laughs> That doesn't catch simple passes sometimes, and it drives you nuts. Offensive line, Riley Reef. He better he better be up to it. Nick Easton, 
is probably going to be guard, left guard, in place of uh, Alex Boone, who's no longer with the Vikings. Pat Alfly in the center, Joe Berger the right guard, Mike Rimmers the right tackle, Avante Collins, Rashad Hill, who looked really good, or at least adequate in the preseason, Danny Isadora, who's got starter written all over him long-term as a guard at some point. That's probably Joe Berger's replacement, and that might be why the Minnesota Vikings were willing to move on Alex Boone, along with the frustrations and such. It could be Danny Isadora, who is actually the... uh, real reason there, and Jeremiah Serrells, who's just good enough, I guess, you know, to be in the NFL, and and you know what, props out to Jeremiah Serrells, you know, just keep him in his role, unfortunately for him, he's going to have to keep that limited role, Uh, you don't want to see him getting major, major snaps out there, defensive line, one of the best in football, Everson Griffin, Mr. (laughs) Mr. 15 sacks or whatever he's going to get. Double digits. Linval Joseph, a truck in the middle there. Tom Johnson, Mr. Reliable. Daniil Hunter, Mr. Superstar, Mr. Game Changer. I mean, these guys all have an identity. Brian Robinson, Mr. Quickness, Mr. Mr. (laughs) Energy. Stephen Weatherly, solid. Tayshaun Bauer, all right. Definitely uh, at least made something of himself out there. Jaleel Johnson. Everybody likes Jaleel Johnson, including me. Really like what he brought in the preseason, showing that energy, showing that talent. He gets in there, boy. He gets in that backfield, and he does a hell of a job. And Shamar Stefan, another reliable guy out there. I love Tom Johnson, by the way. Just a reliable veteran. How can you not love that guy? I mean, if somebody's hurt, you're not going to miss too much of a beat with uh, Tom Johnson in there. But at the moment, he might be, yeah, he's, he's going to be starting right now anyway because Sharif Floyd doesn't exist, unfortunately, at this stage because of very unfortunate uh, nerve damage in the knee there. That's not good. Linebackers, well, you know, they were kind of, you know, Edwin Robinson was okay, and that's too bad. And, of course, Elijah Lee, both of them gone. That leaves you with Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, the two UCLA studs, Kentrell Brothers, the best draft pick in 2016 so far. He was the best player in that draft so far, a fifth-round pick. Ben Gideon, fifth-round pick this year out of Michigan. Solid, very solid. You saw some good things out of him. Emmanuel Lemur and Eric Wilson will be special teams linebackers going into the season, and good luck to them as they continue to hang on to the National Football League and uh, play on Sundays. They've got to put on that purple jersey, the horned helmet, and play on Sundays. I mean, that's <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful jump for their career there. Defensive backs. Well, you got two guys who are more of shoe-ins and all that good stuff. Xavier Rhodes is going to be a 10-time Pro Bowler, one of the, one of the great... Uh, cornerbacks in Vikings history, I gotta think. There's no doubt about it anymore. I mean, he finished second, uh, was it second place last year? Third place last year in my MVP uh, awards. Other people gave him number one. I finished him with third because yeah, Daniil Hunter and uh, Linval Joseph were number one for me. Notice they were all defensive players. And then Adam Thielen was right next there because Stefan Diggs got hurt too much last year, off and on. Trey Waynes is the kind of guy who's got you know, it's like hit and miss with the guy. One minute, he's getting a game-changing interception. The next minute, he's getting burned. And then he goes from getting burned, and he makes a game-changing uh, knockdown. You know, he, he bats down the pass, pass deflection. Just big-time play. Just a, you know, huge play. Now he gets his hand in there at the last minute, knocks it away. Trey Waynes is the kind of guy, if he could just, you know, I don't know if it's a lack of focus or he's just raw still or what the hell is, but it's time to put up or shut up for uh, Trey Waynes. This is it. And he has shown flashes that he could be one of the really good cornerbacks out there. Cornerbacks. Not as good as Davier Rhodes, but the next best thing, at least on this roster, I gotta think. It's there. The talent is there. Terrence Newman, ancient history, older than me. He's older than me. That's old. Damn it. <laughs> I'm 38, and he's older than me. He's born in 78, man. I mean, he's, he's one of the few guys left from the 1970s, and yeah, 
I'm one of the 70s babies at the end of the 70s, but you get the idea. 79 are here. Terrence Newman, well, I mean, still ever so valuable, and we appreciate him very much. He's going to see snaps because McKinsey, McKinsey Alexander is driving people crazy. Um, let's get to Harris, Harrison Smith first. Again, a guy who drove us crazy later last season. Started out really well. I talk about that some more in the second segment, if I remember correctly. Uh, Anderson Day was you know, piecing things together here because of cuts and all that. I wanted to get the season preview part done. <laughs> so that's how that was. Um, Anderson Dejo, one of those guys who he's reliable enough. Everybody wants to cut him and then, you know what, he makes plays and then he sticks around and he's still in the NFL today. He's a, still a starting safety in the NFL. So good on Anderson Dejo. He even takes his date to uh, McDonald's on uh, on Valentine's Day. So it is what it is there. His, his wife there to McDonald's on Valentine's Day. So he's kind of Mr. Everything, isn't he? It is what it is. McKenzie Alexander. Yeah, um, I was so excited when he got brought in here in the draft in the second round. Remember how I was, I mean, about a year and a half ago, I was glowing about McKenzie Alexander in the pre-draft show about how cool it would be if the Vikings were able to get him. Then we do get him. I couldn't believe it. And then, I don't know, not so much. And not so much. Last year he looked lost. This year, the opportunity knocks because Captain Munnerlin's gone. As we talk about, you know, as Captain Munnerlin's on his way out. When I do the uh, season preview, we'll talk about that some more as well. And that's why McKillen Z. Alexander has his role. And here you sit, hoping for the guy to step up. He shows moments here and there, but overall not so much. Then he makes one play. You know, he makes a play against the Miami Dolphins. And what? And the fact that he's out there in the fourth game of the preseason, it tells you. That can't be good, and <laughs> that can't be good that he's out there in the fourth game of the preseason when he's supposed to be a starter. Starters aren't supposed to play in the fourth game, so obviously something's getting questioned about McKenzie Alexander, pardon me. Uh, and then when he makes a play, he taunts the player, and Miami Dolphins get first and goal. Like, way to go, McKenzie. Way to go. Just great. Tremaine Brock has been brought in, former San Francisco 49er, former Seattle Seahawks, Character issues in his past, but when he's good, he's good. And the Vikings give up a seventh-round pick to get him. Congratulations, Tremaine Brock. And there you go. Don't be surprised to see him replace McKenzie Alexander in the starting lineup, which is pretty crazy to think about at the last second here. But this isn't the first time. This isn't the first time this David thing has happened in the NFL. As I continue to try not to cough to death, <clears throat> pardon me, Marcus Sherrill's brought in as a punt returner. Of course, we all know that he is a cornerback when he's actually out there playing regular snaps. Anton Exum Jr., he still made the team. I thought he was as good as gone, but he's still here. Go figure, because I guess Jack Totro couldn't beat him out, I guess. Anton Exum Jr., still on the roster. Hmm. Anthony Harris, I thought he was pretty good when, when he had to be out there replacing Harrison Smith. I liked him. And J. Ron Kurtz, same thing. He's he's solid. Those two guys are okay. Um, it's not like you don't miss a beat when Harrison Smith is out there, but hey, at least you see something out of these two guys, and they deserve to be here. Kai Forbath is the kicker. Ryan Quigley is the punter. Congratulations to both of those veterans, NFL veterans. They were able to stick to this club. Ryan Quigley, the former Arizona Cardinal, and Kai Forbath has kind of traveled all over the place with the Saints and such, and I'm, I'm happy to have him. I believe Cincinnati as well. Happy to have Kai Forbath in the mix. He's, he's a very accurate kicker. He did a good job for us last year. Uh, kickers can be a dime a dozen sometimes, and if he 
falters, it does show that you can pick up a re- uh, fairly reliable kicker off the streets. I mean, there are guys out there that can get the job done. Kevin McDermott is the Mike Morris, the long snapper. And there you go. He, he's sticking on board like he has over the years. I mean, to think about how many long snappers we've had since I've been watching the Vikings. And I've been watching them since 92. That's insane. Uh, Mike Morris, Colin Leffler, and then this guy right here, McDermott. I mean, my goodness gracious, that's not many. Whew. I mean, Morris had it forever. Colin had it even longer. And now McDermott, Kevin McDermott, because they're reliable guys. You keep them, and you don't let go, and you hope they don't get hurt ever, that type of thing. Some kind of freak injury. So always very important there. That's your lineup. Those are your cuts. Those are this and that. That's a lot of transactions, a lot of guys making the roster. You have a lot of hope coming into this one. Well, I mean, the offensive line, very key here. Um, I think it's better than last year. And this move with uh, Alex Boone is very interesting. You saw it getting experimented on in that third game, as you saw the frustration with Alex Boone. And then, of course, you saw braces on his knee and such in the, uh, in, in the, in the practices So and him missing practices. It was a sign that the things weren't going so well. And the coaches were getting frustrated as well with it. It's not because they disliked Alex Boone. It's just that physically they were concerned. And then when he's out there, he just didn't look real good. So... I mean, that's the uh, the harsh reality of the NFL. You're there one day, gone the next. Luckily, he got some guaranteed money out of it, and uh, obviously he played all of last year. It was a pretty lucrative contract. So, But, again, NFL contracts don't mean as much as they do in other leagues. That's why Mike Remmers better step it up in a quick hurry because that big, fat contract he signed this year, this, this last uh, late winter, early spring, may or may not uh, mean a whole lot in a year from now if Mike Remmers doesn't step up because he's looked like garbage thus far. Riley Reef, same thing. If injury concerns continue to be a problem, Riley Reef won't be here next year either, and we'll be right back on the market again, signing tackles or something. Because we're sure the hell not drafting them, are we? <laughs> it just leaves you sitting here wondering. I mean, really? <laughs> well, we'll just have to sit and wait. Uh, Rashad Hill, Avani Collins. Hmm. Who? Yeah. Well, that just kind of is what it is, there, isn't it? Lord, um, should I very briefly preview the uh, Saints and Vikings game? See, the thing is, when there's no sample size coming in, see, I'm, I'm not going to dedicate a segment to it. I dedicated a segment to previewing the upcoming season in general, the Vikings, the NFC North, and of course the uh, the you know the uh, oncoming conference finals and all that, and what teams are going to make it, this and that, and on to the Super Bowl in downtown Minneapolis, all that good stuff. <sighs> yeah. Mm. But um, it's it's hard to get a sample size going in. I think the Vikings should win the game. It helps that they're at home. Adrian Peterson and Drew Brees, all that. But you have other running backs over there, too, in uh, New Orleans, like Tatum and such. Uh, boy, the Vikings should beat the Saints. I mean, they're better than them. And I don't know. I mean, I don't like the way the Vikings played in the preseason. But again, it's a sam- the sample size, it's hard to... It's hard to... Gage, uh, if this was in New Orleans, the Vikings rarely win there. And, of course, Drew Brees. And, you know, Drew Brees is a problem for the Vikings, obviously, uh, with the secondary not playing so well. I'd feel less confident if the Vikings were in New Orleans than at home. I, I just get this strong vibe that, the, that this team will show up to play in their season opener. You're going to see something a little bit better. It's not going to be a pretty game. I'm picking Vikings 27-24 at this stage. 
believe it or not, the Vikings are going to score 27 points, perhaps on some type of a turnover, like defense doing it, or special teams kick return. I think the Vikings will have a kick return touchdown, believe it or not. Um, maybe it's McKinnon uh, on one of the kickoffs. or I mean, that's who I think it's going to be, actually. I think McKinnon's going to make a name for himself as a kick returner. I, I, just, I can just feel it. But also, I think Cook is going to shine really, really bright in that game. I feel very confident in that. Bradford also against the Saints defense that hasn't been good for forever. Uh, Bradford's going to have one of his better games of the season starting out. It's going to be a momentum type of thing. It's going to be a let's get, you know, like a, a heavy motivation to get things off to a good start. And that's the feeling I have coming into this game with Sam Bradford and the Vikings in general. He's going to be running for his life out there at times, but you saw a little bit of mobility from him in the third game of the preseason. And, of course, the offensive weapons that he does have to throw the ball to. I mean, Kyle Rudolph can catch. Maybe Bucky Hodges gets a little bit of action. I'm thinking probably not much. Kyle Rudolph and David Morgan will get all, a little. I mean, will get most of most, if not all of it, at the tight end position. Um, Laquan Treadwell will catch his first pass in the first game of the preseason this year. We won't have to wait till God knows when, like last year, and he only caught one pass all year. I think Treadwell will catch one or two passes in the game. Ultimately, though, it's all about Diggs and Thielen. I think Thielen's actually a little bit, is going to have a little bit of brighter shine in this one. Stone, Stone, don't be surprised if Stacey Coley get involved in something out there. Um, Adrian Peterson is going to, I don't know what to think. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he fumbled in the game, to be quite honest, especially against this defensive line of the Vikings. He's going to have a hell of a time uh, against this defensive line. So I'm not, you know, it's like one minute you think Adrian, he's going to be all all jerked up and he's going to get 100 and, I don't know, that's might not be the, he's going to be all jacked up, pardon me, and he's going to get over 100 yards in the game. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think the Vikings' defensive line is too good for that. I think it's more likely he's going to fumble in the game. He'll have some moments. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not like he's going to get 12 yards on 12 carries. It's not going to be anything like that, like a yard and a cloud of dust. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not confident in Adrian Peterson going out there and, and, and tearing it up and getting 120 yards and three touchdowns or something. It's going to be more the likes of 50 to 60 yards. Maybe he'll get in once at the goal line should the Saints be in that position, and they probably will get there at some point, i got to think. Um, 27-24 is my ultimate finish. I think the Vikings offense will be slightly better, and you'll see a special teams touchdown in the game. Of course, the undoing for the Vikings is the secondary. Not the defensive line against Adrian Peterson, but the secondary against Drew Brees. That's the way the Vikings would lose the football game, but I think we'll be just good enough to start the season off 1-0, and and we go from there, in my humble opinion. Minnesota 27 Saints 24 in the season opener in U.S. Bank Stadium. Now let's get to that doggone season preview. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Segment number two, this is the preview segment. Of course, we are going to preview the upcoming NFC North and all that. We're going to talk about how teams are going to finish. We're not going to get go ape crap into detail, but we're going to talk about additions, subtractions, all that. Get my vibe as to how things are going to go. And then we are going to do the annual deal with the conference finalists, Super Bowl finalists, all that. Teams most likely to succeed and flop, all that. So stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> it's a fluid situation because you just never know. I mean, every season is so doggone different. So let's get started here. 
Start with a team that more than likely is going to finish in last place. And uh, I like them more than the Lions and the Packers, but that would be the Bears. The Chicago Bears. I like the whole Saturday Night Live bit. I like the history. I like Walter Payton. Even Jim McMahon with the sunglasses. That was cool. Unfortunately, his sunglasses were required due to, you know, kind of a situation going on uh, with his eyes, a la Coach Sperano of the Minnesota Vikings, offensive line coach. So let's get going. Significant additions. We're going to cite some of this information from Sports Illustrated. You know, it uses the cheat sheet, all that. Have it all in front of you. Mike Glennon, of course, added through free agency. Trubisky, Trubisky in the trade up with Cincy. No, not Cincy. (laughs) The trade up along the way with San Francisco. I'm going crazy. Second overall pick, Mitchell Trubisky, who eventually will be the quarterback of the long-term future. The quarterback of the present is Mike, Michael Glennon, cornerback Prince. (sighs) Amukamara. Marcus Whedon, a wide receiver. Tight end, Deion Sims, wide receiver, Kendall Wright. And free agent safety, Quinton Demps. Quinton Demps. Their losses were Alshon Jeffrey. Ouch. Jay Cutler to the, uh, eventually the Miami Dolphins. We thought retiring. Uh, Tracy Porter, defensive back. Eddie Royale. Eddie Royal, the former Denver Bronco. Brian Hoyer, off to San Francisco, who tore the Vikings up a bit. That was fun. Just real fun. And defensive lineman Cornelius Washington. All familiar names, all on their way elsewhere or off to the uh, the old uh, <laughs> NFL shield in the sky. Chicago Bears. I do anticipate an improved record. I don't anticipate a great record. Uh, I'm thinking 5-11 and 11 for the Chicago Bears. Fourth place in the NFC North. I keep wanting to say Central, even though that's like a long time ago already that we made that change. You know, I like the Bears' future, but obviously it's early. Very, very early. It would be like the 2014 Vikings at best. That would be 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't think they're in position to do that, though. Remember how the Vikings were starting over from a 3-13 and 13 season? Chicago Bears doing a, a similar situation, but less, even less pieces to work with. As much as we hate Rick Spielman, at least he, uh, well, hate. As much as we dislike or hate or some of the draft picks for Rick Spielman, he has made some good picks, of course, like Xavier Rhodes and others that did help get this team going in the right direction, though I do consider <laughs> Rick Spielman on the hottest of hot seats in terms of the Minnesota Vikings situation between uh, him and uh, him being Spielman and head coach Mike Stamper at this stage. Chicago Bears, I mean, Fox, is he on the hot seat? Should he be on the hot seat? I don't know. You're just kind of like sitting there waiting and uh, with, with that situation with the Bears. They're not at any point... They knew they can get all too greedy. I mean, beggars can't be choosers at this point with the Chicago Bears with the way things are going, and that's not a shot at Dillon's or others out there who like the Chicago Bears. Dillon's Chicago Bears. Um, <clears throat> hopefully trying not to cough to death here. I don't know. This up-and-down weather isn't helping anybody's case, i got to tell you. That's for damn sure. The Bears, though, for me, 5-11. and 11. I don't have a whole lot to say about them at this stage. I'd like to see them get better just because it's a fun rivalry with the Vikings, and, of course, anybody that hates the Packers as much as Bears fans do, they, they don't, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So I kind of look at it that way with the Bears at the end of the day because I hate the Packers more. The Detroit Lions, who had a wonderful run last year at times, and then, of course, lost in the postseason for the 99th straight time. They haven't won a playoff game since 91. So those of us here in Minnesota that are frustrated uh, about losing playoff games, this and that, look at Detroit. They haven't done jack bleep since forever. Uh, they got to the NFC title game back in 91. And were walloped by the Washington Redskins, who then uh, went to the Metrodome. The last time that the team, the last time the Super Bowl was in downtown Minneapolis, is of course this is the year that it will be once again. (laughs) 
the Detroit Lions almost wound up there. But, of course, again, Washington Redskins were ready for them as good as Detroit was back in those days for a short stretch, for a short stretch. 9-7 and seven last season, and they pissed us off utter, just hardcore last year. Of course, Jay Cutler tore up the Vikings as well during the course of last season. Um, Matthew Stafford, every time you thought the Vikings were going to bring him down, be it the Thanksgiving game or the earlier one, they just couldn't bring him down. I mean, just bring him down, and it's over. The game's over. And the Vikings couldn't bring him down. And they just couldn't bring him down, be it Anthony Barr or Eric Kendricks or Linval Joseph, God knows whoever it was, yeah, Harrison Smith, it just went on and on and on. Just bring the guy down, and the game's freaking over, and the game wasn't freaking over. So let's just keep moving. Uh, TJ Lang, the guard, Vikings were trying to get him at one point. Former guard of the Green Bay Packers off to Detroit. Linebacker Paul Will- <laughs> Warillo, Warillo, pardon me, Jared Davis in the draft, in the first round of the draft, Cornelius Washington from Chicago, from Chicago to Detroit, DJ Hayden off to the Detroit Lions, Rick Wagner, Akeem Spence, defensive tackle, losses DeAndre Levy, Anquin Bolden, Anquin Bolden, who I'd love to see in a Vikings uniform, Larry Warford, and tackle Riley Reef, who went to the Minnesota Vikings. So a little interdivisional stuff going on with Detroit. They they lost, <laughs> again, they lost a Reef to Minnesota, but of course got Green Bay's Lang and Cornelius Washington, defensive end from the Bears, going to the Detroit Lions. I have no idea what's going to happen with the Detroit Lions. I mean, they have the talent to be good. They have the talent to do this, then that. Obviously, their head coach... He's an offensive coach. They have some good defensive players. Their offense is spectacular when it actually like lives up to the potential. The pressure was off. Matthew Stafford last year with Megatron out of the way. As crazy as that freaking sounds. The pressure was off him. I mean, when you have Megatron there, there's no excuse for you to not be one of the three best offenses in the NFL. Or so you'd like to believe. Maybe top five. And sometimes they were good and sometimes they weren't. Remember a couple of years ago, they had that excellent season. And they could not get past the Green Bay Slackers. And that was extremely frustrating for them, I'm sure. Or was it the Cowboys? The Cowboys, pardon me. That was the Cowboys they ran into. A good Cowboys team, a good Detroit team. And just things did not work out for the Lions. And then uh, it's just an ongoing situation for Detroit. They made things interesting last year in the playoffs. Could not get anywhere once again. What's going to happen with the Lions? Are they going to be 8-8? Eight and eight? It's, it's between Minnesota and Detroit getting to the playoffs this year. If the offensive line protection is a little bit better for the Vikings, I think the Vikings should make the playoffs over the Detroit Lions. Right now, I'm going to go with eight and eight, nine and seven-ish for the Detroit Lions. The Bears, I'm sticking with five and eleven. Five and eleven for the Bears, fourth place. Detroit, I think they're going to be third. I mean, this is not a solid thing, even though on radio you kind of want a little more black and white, a little more of a gavel. But I will put the gavel on Detroit as third place. I think the Vikings will be slightly better than Detroit, at least in good faith. I'd like the Vikings to be better than Detroit. It might sound crazy to a lot of you out there, but I don't know. You want to try to be optimistic, I, I would hope. Matthew Stafford's capable of throwing 5,000 yards. But again, Detroit, they're just ever so, they're ever, they're just lovable losers, you could say. You know, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the NFL you could call that, but Detroit has been that way forever. Uh, I mean, every time you think, here come the Lions, down they go. Um, anytime you raise expectations on the Lions, down they go. Like they came off that 11-5 and five season, and down they went years ago. And here we go again with Detroit last year, a solid run. I mean, they made the playoffs kind of in miracle fashion last year, tried to make things interesting with Dallas and could not get it done at the end of the day. So 
that was the end of that. And I keep getting it mixed up with the, the game a couple of years ago. That's my fault. <laughs> I'm going crazy with these, these last couple of years here with Detroit. They're kind of in. They're kind of out. Um, they couldn't have played the Cowboys last year, obviously, because the Cowboys had the first round by. So my apologies of that. But um, ongoing frustration. You wanted, you'd, you'd rather see Detroit win than, say, a Dallas or a Green Bay. But that's kind of how things go. 8-8. Eight and eight. Eight and eight or nine and seven with uh, Detroit. Maybe they make the wild card. Maybe they don't. But they will finish in third place behind Minnesota. Green Bay is going to win the division. Let's just get back to that. I'm not happy about it. I don't want them to win it. It's not going to be a spectacular season for Green Bay. I, I don't think so. I mean, they were only ten and six last year. They did add Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett. Yeah, that's a pretty significant addition. Kevin King in the in the draft. That's significant. Um, hoping for the best for them anyway, for their sake. I'm, I'm not really hoping for much for them, that's for sure. Ricky, Jean, uh, Rick, Ricky Jean Francoches and Jahari Evans, a guard to help replace TJ Lang there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, goody. Lambeau Field, they lost Jared Cook. That's a, yep. And then TJ Lang, of course, to Detroit. Trottier, offensive lineman. Julius Peppers going back to Carolina to probably wrap up his career. And James Starks on his way out as well. He was cut. Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lazy or Eddie Lacy to Seattle. And Sam Shields on his way out as well. He's putting up the shield defensively there in the secondary elsewhere. So Green Bay, they've lost more than they've gained. But they're still the Packers. They're still the favorites in the division as much as I hate to say it. You know, can the Vikings win the division? Yes. Can the Detroit Lions win the division? Yes. Uh, that's the thing. I, it's kind of... Bounce of the ball, NFL is crazy. You never know. One of these teams might go 12-4 and four just because maybe it's just their year. Like, bounce of the ball, like I said. Uh, you know, like that stupid 39 seconds left on the clock and Matthew Stafford managed to march down the field and, and lead the Lions to a, to a victory, which is just, just, oh, drove us all insane. Just, of, of course, you know, of, of course there was going to be enough time for Matthew Stafford to get it done, despite there being no timeouts and the Vikings choking that away. It's stuff like that that separates your team from being 11-5, 12-4 to being 8-8. Eight and eight. I mean, because you're going to have multiple games like that where you're just like, really, we lost? And that's what's going to separate Green Bay, Minnesota, and Detroit this season. Ah. Uh, uh, it's like I have a headache even thinking about it. I'm trying not to get a headache because that's a word. You don't want to use that word because then you start thinking about it, right? And then it's, yeah, let's not go there. Uh, man, it's tough. Um, Green Bay should be 10-6 and six to 11-5-ish, and five-ish, in my humble opinion. They're most likely to win the division. Not because I want them to, but, I mean, the Vikings have holes. The Detroit Lions have holes. And the Chicago Bears aren't even close to competing yet. If the, if the if the Chicago Bears compete this season, that would be the story. That would be the story of the year. And every now and then, there is a team like that that emerges out of absolutely nowhere. Heck, the 2012 Vikings. Did anybody see them making the playoffs, going 10 and 6 that year? No. With Christian bleep and ponder at quarterback, um, <laughs> that was quite the quite the shocker there. Uh, and, and then you got, of course, Joe Webb in there. That was great because the bruised shoulder, but or bruised arm, whatever it was, bruised bicep. That was cute, and um, yeah, he couldn't complete a pass for his life in uh, Lambeau Field. Right now, I have to pick Green Bay to win the division. Ele- uh, Ten and six, eleven and five. You, you know, you got to have that flexibility, that game difference, because that's just how it goes. I think the Vikings are at this point nine and seven, ten and six. 
Again, anything could happen. One of these teams could go 12 and 4, 11 and 5, and win the division. But I'm not going to pick any of them to go 12 and 4 right now. Green Bay at best will be 11 and 5. The Vikings right now, I think high end 10 and 6, low, uh, you know, it's moderate kind of medial finish. We'll say 9 and 7, and anything below that, I think Spielman. Spielman's chances of being fired are very, very high. I think we could be looking for a new general manager should the Vikings have a subpar season and miss the postseason again. Uh, like 500 or lower, I think Rick Spielman is gone, in my humble opinion. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still, as much as I hate him, as big of a jerk as he is, you know, you know, anytime somebody drops a pass, he just makes an ass of himself at the player. Brady gets mad, but he doesn't show up the, the he doesn't like show up his players as much as uh, I think Rodgers does. I think Rodgers throws his teammates under the bus and it's not helped over the years. I, I think that's not helped, but I don't know. Um, that's probably the difference between Rodgers and Brady in some sense. Some of you might be listening to me saying, okay, right, okay. <laughs> but that's the way I see it. I mean, I'm calling it as I see it. Hey, I picked the I picked the Packers to win the division, so I'm no Kool Aid drinker. That's for damn sure, and I do not want the Packers to win. The Vikings, Minnesota Vikings, that's our club, the Purple Mafia, or you know, yeah, they're you know we're we're all the Purple Mafia because this is the family. We're this is the family, right? We're the fan base following this this club. The Vikings made some very nice additions this offseason. The Minnesota Vikings, pardon me, I don't want to red McCombs didn't continue to just say Vikings. You know, Latavius Murray. I mean, you think Latavius Murray's an upgrade over Matt Asiata? Yes. He looked. He made it look easy, those short yardage situations, when he finally got in the bleeping game. Dalvin Cook was a nice shocker. Slipped down to the minute, uh, slipped down close enough to get into the Vikings' range, the, the trade-up range, and the Vikings made their move. Of course, Joe Mixon off to Cincy. Cook to Minnesota. Mixon did go 48th, but not to the Vikings. Mike Remmers... Looks not very good. Obviously, he was cut from the Vikings training camp in 2013. Wasn't real good. He was okay in Carolina, but they weren't too heartbroken seeing him go. Uh, Michael Floyd is a nice wild card, but he's going to have to miss the first four games. So you're going to have you know, you're going to have a you're, you're not going to really see any significant name get cut uh, from the Vikings wide receiver core for a while, at least until Floyd comes back. Then a decision will have to be made on. <laughs> on, on a wide receiver or possibly a special teams player out there. Case Keenum is a nice addition. I mean, I liked what I saw from him in the preseason. I did. He is a backup quarterback, though, of course. I'm not saying Case Keenum should be a starting quarterback in this league, but he's capable of starting when he has to. I like Case Keenum. Nice addition by Rick Spielman and the Minnesota Vikings front office. Michael Floyd has the skill to be at least a really good number three wide receiver for the Vikings. When you get to see Laquan Treadwell actually play, he looks better. He looks like he belongs a little tiny bit, and that's nice. Uh, Zayton Jones was added as well in the offseason from Green Bay to add to that defensive line rotation. And, of course, Riley Reef finally got to play in the third game of the preseason, and he was okay. He was all right, but the pass rush, the pass protection has not been good. The run protection has been okay. It's been better. Obviously, Delvin Cook shows signs that he's going to be a star running back in this league. A superstar, a legend like Adrian Peterson potentially could, uh, I mean, like Adrian Peterson has been looked at. Of course, it's debated because the fumbling and the one-dimensional style of Adrian Peterson. He doesn't receive, he doesn't block, and yeah, he's not a, he's not a, he's not a three-down back in the NFL. And that's where the frustration is with Adrian Peterson, and that's what could separate him from being a first ballot Hall of Famer to 
you know, being a tiny bit later. Delvin Cook is a is an everything running back. And, of course, Latavius Murray gives you that third down running back the Vikings did not have last year. Matt Asiata had the power. The offensive line sucked and all that. But Matt Asiata did not have the skills of Latavius Murray. I think Murray's more valuable. Obviously, he's a, both of them can block a little bit. Both of them can catch the pass and all that. So you got the versatility between both Matt Asiata and Murray. But I think Murray is a little bit quicker than Matt Asiata. I mean, I think I'm quicker than Matt Asiata. So that tells you something. Of course, now I do have quick feet, and I was a good basketball player in my day. You know, I still can play a little bit, but at 38, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, but that's basketball, not football. Football, yeah, get the uh, stretcher out. If I, if you put me out there at running back right now, get that stretcher ready because I'm going to need it. So, uh, yeah, let's leave that alone. <laughs> Latavius Murray is a better running back than Matt Asiata, bottom line. And Delvin Cook... Well, I mean, Adrian Peterson, I don't know. Is the guy done or what the hell? I mean, he looked like Dog Doogie in the little time he was out there. And, of course, he got hurt right away. So you couldn't really even, you couldn't even get a chance to gauge where Adrian Peterson was in his career. Also because the offensive line sucked so hard. I mean, what are you going to do? It was, like a, it was just like boulders coming at you if you're a running back last year. If we can at least have a mediocre offensive line coming into the season, and maybe it's going to have to be slightly under mediocre, under, you know. Um, but better than last year at very least. Delvin Cook's patience and, you know, the, the quick feet and the little tiny bit more east-west style than Adrian Peterson. Waiting for the hole a little bit more could end up being a massive upgrades to the running back position here. I mean, a guy, at least he's younger, you know, at least you're not worried that he's going to get hurt immediately and you pray to God he's not another fumbler. Uh, the, the images you see, Delvin Cook, he's holding the ball with two hands. Thank you. Just hold the ball with two hands. I mean, that's a start, right? I mean, the image I'm looking at right now, Delvin Cook is holding the ball with two hands. What a concept. What a concept. I mean, Adrian, enough for the style points and hang on to the bleeping ball, right? Please? La Latavius. La La Latavius, like they say on KFA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of silly. But uh, nice upgrades there. That's what helps the Vikings' chances here. And again, the offensive line. Just, you know, you got to have some running game. I mean, you had none. You had zero running game. Now let's get to the loss. Of course, Adrian Peterson off to the New Orleans Saints. The captain, Captain <laughs> Captain Morgan Munnerlin, off to Carolina. Once again, he is on his way out. That's a loss. That's a significant loss because the Vikings secondary looks pretty bad right now. Harrison Smith, obviously, <clears throat> is one of the elite safeties in the NFL. But since Detroit, the Detroit game last year when he made the mistake along the way, I don't know. I'm not real happy with Harrison Smith since then. Is there... Why is this room so quiet? Am I hearing crickets? Did the temperature just drop about 10 degrees? Yeah. I, I've not been real happy with Harrison Smith the last, uh, you know, several months here. And, you know, I mean, obviously the preseason, you're trying not to get hurt more than anything. You At least get in shape, kind of get in, you know, you know, get your timing back. They're in shape. That's This is in 1965, so I hope they're in shape. Um, but, you know, the secondary looks awful so far, to be quite honest. So, Captain Munderland, a significant loss. Alexander, Mackenzie Alexander, a guy I just loved coming out of, out of college, out of Clemson. National runner-up and one of the best cornerbacks in college. A lot of us thought he could have even gone in the first round. Sebastian Barton out there thought he could have dropped into the third or lower. I know he wasn't too high on him. And, uh, Sebastian, so far, well, you're, you've been right. I mean, I don't know. He hasn't been that good, and he's had to replace Captain Munnerlin. 
since that took place, since Munderland going, uh, went back to Carolina, and this is your chance, McKenzie Alexander. We didn't take you in the second round to be a bust. I mean, damn it. So, <sighs> obviously Mike Zimmer loved him very much coming in. Since then, not so much. I mean, you taunt the receiver in the fourth game of the preseason, and why McKenzie Alexander is in the fourth game of the preseason in the first place is a sign that things aren't going well with him and Coach Zimmer at this stage. Zimmer's not been happy with him. And then you get flagged for taunting, which puts the uh, Miami Dolphins at first and goal. Really? M- really, McKenzie? So, huh. Uh, another guy you want to say really who is Matt Khalil. Obviously, the injuries and the playing hurt. And I don't know. It's, it just seemed like the guy never was 100%. And the guy, if he was mentally 100%, if he was physically 100%, he wasn't mentally 100%. And if he was mentally 100%, which probably was never, he wasn't physically 100%. So most of the time he was neither. And of course, you're never going to be 100% physically because it's the NFL, but for crying out loud, the guy was always checked out. He just... Matt Khalil (laughs) deserved to be in the top five about as much as I did. Okay, maybe not quite that bad, but Lord have mercy, Matt Khalil. Just... mm, Heartbreaking, but off he goes to Carolina to join Captain Munderland. I'm sure Munderland's real happy to have him there. Core Daryl Patterson off to the Oak Town Raiders. Good on, good on him, very much so. Uh, Andre Smith, well, yeah, that didn't work out either. And Chuck Charles Johnson was not that good. I'm sorry, Sebastian. I know you liked him, but I don't know. But then again, look at the guy I was putting. I was putting against Charles Johnson, Jarius Wright. I like him, but he just was the odd man out because just there, uh, other guys were better, like Adam Thielen, uh, Stefan Diggs, and such. Obviously, Darius Wright much more limited being a slot receiver, and Adam Thielen kind of took that and ran with it, literally. And that put the Vikings in wonderful shape. The Vikings should be... I mean, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to have a winning record this year. I mean, they, they have to be better than 8-8, eight and eight, right? And I know they started 5-0, and oh, and that kind of bolstered that, but I don't think they're 3-8 and eight level, you know, like the second half of the season last year. I don't think they're three and eight. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be like that again. Nine and seven, ten and six ish. Anything below nine and seven, and I think heads. At least one of the big heads is going to roll. Maybe multiple. Um, six and ten season. It's go- it's over, Johnny, and we're we're getting a new coach and a new GM if they're six and ten, unless it's like three or four people get hurt and there's nothing you can do. That's kind of what happened to John Fox over the course of time, where the team just did not even you know. He had injuries, and he had a quarterback that just wasn't up to par. Plus, he was always hurt as well. Um, so that's kind of what happened with the Bears. That's why Fox is still a coach, basically. Um, <clears throat> that just kind of is what it is there. Vikings will finish 9-7, and 10-6-ish. and six-ish. I'm going to stick with 9-7 and seven at this stage. Third place, they'll be neck and neck with Detroit, so you got to beat Detroit. you got to hope to God you can sweep Detroit next year and pray to God you, do, you, you don't get swept. Like, just bring the guy down. Matthew Stafford, you have him in. You have him in the grips. Bring him down, please. Just bring him bleeping down. That's all I ask. Vikings defensive line should be fantastic once again this year, and that's going to be one of the major keys. Obviously, the improved running game, and well, I mean, when you have as many talented wide receivers as this team does, I mean, you don't have Julio Jones here. I get that, but you have what? You have like six receivers that can play. So there's no excuse. There is no excuse for this offense to not be better than last season. And if it isn't, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you better get those suitcases packed because it's time to look for a new place to live, Mr. Rick Spielman and maybe Zimmer. I, I don't know. Um, 
that's where things stand as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the hot seat is hot right now. It really is. Um, no excuse. Uh, so, again, we talked about the uh, positions, all that, in the previous segment. So I'm not going to go back into that again. I almost kind of did right now. So it just kind of is what it is there. Let's get to the NFL preview, the National Football League preview. In terms of, yeah, I'm not going to go over team by team. But let's go to the NFC Yes, Julian Edelman is out for the season with an ACL, and that really sucks. I mean, that really, really sucks. Uh, I like the Patriots. They're my second favorite team. All of you know that. At least most of you know that. But the Patriots are still the Patriots, and I think they're still good enough to go back and I uh, to go back to the AFC title game. I mean, why shouldn't the Patriots find a way to get back to the AFC title game once again? Why not? Why the hell not? The other one... The other team that ha- <laughs> that should I think should have been in the AFC title game last year, and they will be this year for sure, in my humble opinion, provided there isn't some kind of kind of an unseen drop off, which would really be depressing. Oaktown Raiders, the soon to be Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to win. Yeah, they're going to win the uh, AFC West. They're going to win. They're they're going to get back to the. Uh, they're going to get through the AFC title game for the first time in many years since the Chucky days. The good old Chucky days. <laughs> the Oakland Raiders are going to have a playoff run this year. And they just might be in Minneapolis. They just might be in Minneapolis. It's going to be between New England and the Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> Can New England, is New England ready to, to go back-to-back for the first time since, what what was it, uh, when they beat, the, uh, they beat the Carolina Panthers and the Philadelphia Eagles? Are the Patriots ready to do that? I don't see why not. But at the same time, Oakland is going to, Pose a pretty good threat. Now they have Cordell Patterson. Ooh, that's the last one right there. <laughs> the Vikings hopefully have a Cordell Patterson and one of those two young receivers. And of course, Marcus Sherrills will continue to be the punt returner. He's either going to catch, he's either going to make a fair catch or go all the way. That's pretty much what Marcus Sherrills does, or have a very putrid little return. It's either great or nothing with Marcus Sherrills, but the, it's the great thing that keeps him coming back, right? <laughs> because he can, he can really take it all the way. Well, Cordell Patterson is going to be a little piece for those Oakland Raiders. Well, as Derek Carr is ready to rock and roll once again, I don't see why the Oakland Raiders shouldn't win their division as good as it is. And yes, the Los Angeles Chargers now with the their nice little lightning bolt in in L.A. The L.A. Chargers are back in town. The L.A. Chargers are back in town, just like the L.A. Rams. Kansas City is a threat, obviously. They're, to me, probably the third team in the AFC right now. But they never win anything. I mean, they, they just don't. And, and you know, I, I, I don't trust Kansas City. And Denver, I don't think they're... I don't think so. You know, I I don't see it right now. The Denver Broncos going uh, back to the AFC title game. I, I don't think so. I mean, they were only 9-7 and seven last year. They can and should improve on that. Dolphins had an impressive little finish last year. I don't know if they're ready to do that, but they did beat the hell out of the Vikings, of course, in the fourth game of the preseason. <clears throat> Kansas City and Oakland were back and forth last year, but it didn't help that Derek Carr got hurt. Oakland probably should have been 13-3, 14-2 last year. But, but Derek Carr getting hurt, I mean, that's kind of all she wrote there, and that's a shame for the Oakland Raiders. They would have been 13-3 and when you look at things there. Um, Kansas City, obviously very good, but Alex Smith is the quarterback. I mean, uh, yeah, you got... You got you got Pat Patrick Mahomes there, but he's a rookie. I mean, do you really think a rookie's going to take him all the way? I doubt it. Uh, Pittsburgh's always looming. 
But I think Oakland's better. I mean, I just think Oakland's better than Pittsburgh. I think they're the rising team in the AFC. They're the next team in the AFC right now. Currently, they are the next club. Uh, the current team in the AFC is New England, and they're the emperors of the AFC. They're not just the best team in the AFC. They're the emperors. I mean, they are the reigning dynasty of the AFC. New England should win the AFC again. Um, Julian Edelman is a huge loss, but the Patriots always find a way. They, they just find a way. I don't think they're going to be 14-2 and two again, but 12-4-ish, and, and I think it's. I think the Patriots are probably going to pay a visit to downtown Minneapolis. That's my guess right now. Oakland's going to put up a hell of a fight. They just, maybe, maybe they will go all the way because New England doesn't, you know, usually if New England doesn't win the Super Bowl, they lose in the AFC title game, right? That's usually what happens. So maybe this is the year for Oakland. Right now I'm leaning New England, but very slightly getting to downtown Minneapolis. It was easy to pick those teams, kind of, but then, you know, I mean, it's easy to pick New England to go there, and then you remember, yeah, what about Oakland? So... What about the Oakland Raiders? Why shouldn't they go back? The Oakland soon to be Los Angeles, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Not 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 Los Angeles again. Screw that. <laughs> Stop moving it back to L.A. Everybody. The Cowboys. Well, they should be good again. I mean, they should. The New York Giants were eleven and five last year. That was impressive, and it was kind of shocking to see them lose so early in the playoffs last year because they're the Giants. But I don't know. Um, that's what happens though when uh, Tom Coughlin's not there. Mr. Redface himself out there in the cold. Seattle's looming. God, I hate them. God, I hate Seattle, but they're looming. God, I hate the Cowboys, but they're looming. God, I hate Green Bay, but they're looming. Doesn't that just make you sick? My three least favorite teams in the NFL, the history of football, and you can even say Atlanta, because I hate Atlanta because of 98. They're they're fun to watch, though, kind of, sort of. And I love Julio Jones, but... Oof, oof. Okay, I hate the Saints more than Atlanta, because it's, it's a lot more recent, so... Yeah, it's about 11 years more recent. So, yeah, maybe I should get over the Atlanta one. Kind of, sort of, get over it. Cowboys should be back, though. I mean, they have all the same pieces. Um, they should go back to... They, they should actually freaking get to the NFC title game this time. I mean, they've been chokers in the playoffs. For the longest time, they were... Yeah, they were a serious playoff team that would that would go all the way and win it. But, I don't know, ever, other, other than those magical seasons, they've been massive playoff chokers. And I guess that's been a good thing to watch. The Cowboys should be a bye club. They will have a bye this year again. And and if they don't, I'd be pretty surprised. If they don't, I mean, maybe the Giants, I guess. I mean, I guess. <clears throat> Obviously, you have that, uh, what's his name, old crazy, uh, he's lucky I didn't, he didn't get hurt really bad there. Beckham there with the Giants. Washington looms a little bit, but meh. Philadelphia, well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know about Philadelphia. I don't think so. Arizona, well, I mean, your quarterback's old. He's He's been hurt so many times. And, man, I like Arizona. I, I like them, but I don't know. Obviously, the Rams and the uh, San Francisco 49ers are not ready to do jack, in my humble opinion. Why would I pick the Rams or the or the, or the Niners to do much? Okay, the Niners are going to be kind of like the Bears in terms of they're going to have an improved record. But that's about it. I mean, you're just going to get a little bit better, kind of jump a little closer. So that's where I stand with that. Atlanta should still be really good, but there's always the the Super Bowl, the, the team that lost the Super Bowl, there's always that hangover, unfortunately for them. But Tampa Bay is one of those teams. They're one of those teams that could go on a serious run. They might even win their division this year. Uh, Winston over there in Tampa Bay is the straw that serves the drink. I mean, he's fantastic. Tampa Bay, they have a nice running game. They have Their the defense has been all right, definitely, <laughs> to say the least. They had the best, uh, well, they, they were definitely the stingiest team in the division. 
behind Atlanta and Carolina. They were better. They had stingier defense there. Their offense, well, it's just getting started. So they had the least amount of points, but you know they're coming. And when they come, here comes the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't like Tampa Bay either, but then again, I kind of like them now. I, I hated them when they were in our division, the Vikings. And, yeah, it drove me absolutely nuts. They used to always they used to always screw up the Vikings season. Like, they'd have this good record, and then the Bucks come into town or whatever, and we freaking lose to them, no matter what, no matter, like, their first win of the season or something. And then the Vikings, like, aspirations are being the top team in the NFC, kind of go up in smoke real quickly as they continue to lose after that. Ugh, Green Bay, man. It was nice to see them down last year, but six-game win streak, they might have gone all the way. And they didn't uh, because uh, Atlanta showed up to play in that game. So they really did. Atlanta should still be a threat. I think they still make the playoffs. But I think Tampa Bay is the most dangerous team in that division. You know, you could say any one of the teams in the NFC South could go really far. Maybe even all the way to the Super Bowl because Carolina obviously was fantastic a few years ago. I don't know. Uh, Cam Newton. I kind of don't think they will, though. Even though they're dangerous, I don't think they will. They'll, They'll be in the hunt. And you know what that means. So you're still hanging around in December, November, December. Carolina may or may not make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to go super far. That's just my guess. The team that's most likely to go on a playoff run in the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point. They're a very popular team right now in the whole... uh, uh, What just happened? Oh, don't you just hate that? Yeah, there it is. The (laughs) the most popular... They're one of the popular... uh, preseason favorites here coming into this thing. A lot of people think they might get to downtown Minneapolis. God. Uh, Right now, I'm winning Seattle, winning the NFC. I really would hate to see that. I mean, they have the best defense, bar none. The Vikings did acquire a cornerback from Seattle. We talked about that in the first segment. Probably uh, trying to light a fire under McKenzie Alexander. Boy, can you imagine that? No. Seventh round pick traded away for him, so I don't know. Um, Right now, I'm leaning Seattle. I don't trust Dallas. Seattle has done it already. Green Bay has done it, but I don't think they're good enough to go that far. Seattle will be in the NFC title game. We'll, we'll say that much. Why does the Rams keep flashing from Los Angeles to LA Rams? That was funny. That was kind of funny. <laughs> Seattle versus Tampa. Oh, that's a weird one. Yeah, I'm going to go with Seattle-Tampa. That's what's flashing in my eyes right now. Seattle versus Tampa. God, I want it to be Minnesota. I want it to be like a top team in the in the NFC. Not only does the road to the Super Bowl go through Minneapolis, but the Super Bowl is also in Minneapolis. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs into the Super Bowl. That's a dream, and it's a wonderful dream, but oftentimes it's just too good to be true. And right now, that's where I'm leaning. I really want the Vikings to make a playoff run and go all the way, even if they have to be that miracle road team like the New York Giants, and then you get the most positive, happy finish of all time. Maybe, maybe Teddy Bridgewater will come back and he'll be a hero and the happiest ending of all time will happen with Bridgewater hoisting the trophy. That's the happiest scenario I could possibly imagine. Even though I do like Sam Bradford and I appreciate what he does bring. But Bridgewater, there's just a little bit something else with him, I think. Right now, I mean, I don't trust Dallas. I think they're going to have one of the, they're going to have a bye and either Seattle or Tampa will have the other one. Um, and either Seattle or Tampa, the the one that doesn't get the bye, is going to beat Dallas. That's my humble opinion on the road. Seattle or Tampa will beat the Cowboys on the road and get to the a- NFC title game. And then, uh, right now, I think the bleeping sea chickens will be in the Super Bowl in a rematch against New England. And, I don't know. No, Tampa. I, 
I don't know. Shoot, I don't want Seattle to win the Super Bowl, boy. No. <laughs> uh, I'm almost leaning like a rematch of the 2002 Super Bowl. I'm almost kind of going that way. I, I, I want to have some fun here. Tampa versus Oakland in the Super Bowl. Tampa versus Oakland in the Super Bowl. And the Raiders win. The Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> downtown Minneapolis yeah I mean I, I don't think it's going to be Seattle I think Tampa Bay is going to the Super Bowl but they will not win Derek Carr will be hoisting Lombardi in downtown Minneapolis you're going to see the black and silver they will be wearing the darker colors they will win the Super Bowl in downtown Minneapolis that's my humble opinion at this stage Oakland Raiders will beat Tampa in a pretty damn good game it'll be high scoring it'll be epic but the Raiders will be the better team they'll be a little bit you know obviously the quarterback's a little more established, as good as uh, you know, as good as the youngster at Tampa is. The Oakland Raiders will win the Super Bowl this year. Whoa, that kind of came up, and that's usually—it's just I, I just get this vibe, and and I and I grabbed it this time. I grabbed it. Tampa versus Oakland. The Raiders win in downtown Minneapolis. All right, let's hear from Brent Jacobson, who will lead off the fan interaction through the voicemail, and in we go to Facebook and Twitter. Messages for Purple Mafia and Joey alike. Hey, Brent Jacobson here. Uh, reason for last night. My fat cheek must have hit the FaceTime button on my phone and goofed it all up. So, take two. We're going to the 49ers game. First team offense? Uh, um, didn't look so hot. I know it's preseason, but a little bit makes me a little bit nervous once the real bullets start flying. Defense got gassed and gassed by Brian freaking Hoyer. WTF. And something called Mostert. Who is he? Uh, last take on a, I mean, continue on a game. Second team, Keenum and Heineke are pretty decent, albeit against backups. Dude, how about that finish? Keenum Heineke may probably save himself a, a rush spot. Uh, lastly, if any of you all haven't had a chance yet, and you get the chance, go experience a game at U.S. Bank Stadium. If you experience a game at the Dome or the Old Met or Gopher Stadium. This is like 10 times better. You see this beautiful sea of purple, so it makes it even more beautiful. And I'm saying that because I actually went to the game Sunday night. So in closing, Skull Vikings, keep up the work, Joey, and I'll catch you later. And I thank you for that call, Brent. Awesome call. You're a star candidate, and you always are, my friend. <laughs> Brent out of Lakeville, Minnesota there. Absolutely. He works a lot of security jobs, as does Sebastian Balls in the Twin Cities, and uh, Mankato a lot in uh, Sebastian's case. He worked in the Twin Cities as well, but um, Brent Jacobson kind of uh, 
all over the place. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, he is uh, called in many times, and I appreciate it so much. Keep him coming, Brent. Uh, thank you again for the encouragement on keep up the good work. Thank you for that. Um, I completely feel your concerns. I share them, as you've probably heard in the previous segments as well. Um, obviously, you record. Uh, you sent your call before. Uh, before this show, but you get the idea. Uh, the previous show, you heard the concerns as well. Um, the defensive line looks good. It's the secondary that doesn't look good. And obviously, you know, you can they keep Sam Bradford from getting stuck on his back and everything. And yeah, uh, I can't wait to get to U.S. Bank Stadium at some point very soon. I wish I got to see the old Met. For those of you that did, you know, I, I, I envy you because you got to see a lot of history back in the day. And of course, I was at the Metrodome many, many, many times for the Twins and the Vikings alike. So, awesome call, Brent, and I pretty much will let you have the floor there. Um, I share a lot of your concerns, though. I, I really do, for those of you that heard what he had to say there. Absolutely. Um, let's get to the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia, at Purple Mafia, or is it Purple Mafia Show? It's at Purple Mafia Show, duh. At Purple Mafia Show, Mad Martin. Mad Martin makes his return. Mad Martin's Mad Takes, not recorded this time, but on Twitter, I didn't respond. I thought I, I, thought I did. Oh, I get so locked up. I get so distracted. Like, I'm usually at work when I get the tweets, and then I don't respond in time. He says, yeah, podcast. We'll be catching up on that today. Good work, my man, and thank you very much, uh, Dave Martin, out of northern Scotland there. Give him a follow. It is at Viking. It's L-E-U-R-B-O-S-T Viking. Give him a follow. He's, he's fun, you know, fun, fun guy, and, you know, good, good guy to talk with out of northern Scotland, and he has won the, the uh, <laughs> he won the, uh, Gold Star of the Year Award in 2015. Just outstanding. Silver Star last year. He's that good. Oh, just awesome. Can't wait to hear your audio again. Uh, Mad Martin continues saying, watch that third game over. Two days at 14. Zip. Turned off. Yep. And watched in 40 minutes the next day. That O-line does not feel me. And absolutely. Uh, they look pretty bad in the third game. They look good in the second game. They look good in the second game, but bad overall. Uh, Danny Isidore is a guy that I still like. And, uh, yep. Uh, Riley Reef, I mean, such a small sample size, it's hard to even say at this point. I don't know. It didn't look good. It just didn't. And, of course, Alex Bruin, part of the problem, and he's gone, unfortunately, for him. Uh, final tweet here is, confidence, is it is it going to be yet another year of frustration? I'm kind of leaning that way, yeah, as you heard in segment number two there, uh, Dave. Um, nine and seven, ten and six, I'm not going any higher right now. I, I don't feel it. And if it changes, great. That would be wonderful. But right now, I, I don't know. I mean, there's indicators that certain things aren't getting better right now. Uh, the O-line's not much better, maybe slightly. And the secondary has is worse. So, I don't know. Um, if Treadwell ends up being this unseen, talented receiver that we didn't see last year, that would help. Um, Diggs needs to be healthier than last year. That would help. Thielen needs to keep up the good work, maybe even improve even more. That would really help. Uh, we could go on forever. Coley and Adams, will they be valuable pieces? McKinnon, can he be that nice special teamer? Special teamer? The most encouraging piece right now, other than hopefully the offensive line is better, is the, is the running back position. Because, well, this isn't a knock at Adrian Peterson, even though, yes, he did, as I did say in the second segment as well, he... Uh, He's, he was one-dimensional and all that, which was frustrating, but he also was out for the year, too, for the most part. Out for most of the year. Um, but no, all three of these guys are versatile. They can catch, they can run, and they can block. McKinnon, maybe not so much because he's small, 
but at least he can make up for it with special teams play, which I believe he will be excellent at. I like McKinnon as a special teamer. I really do, and that'll keep him in the league for many years, I think, if he wants it. Stay in the league, Mr. McKinnon. We love you, and stay in purple. Please do. Ah, let's get to the Facebook page. Now, it was at Purple Mafia Show for Twitter. This information and all of the above will be in the show description. Please do join uh, MN Vikings Haven, MN Vikings Haven on Facebook. Trevor Wickerin, kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia on the page, even if Alex Murray likes to post some dorky little thing at the bottom, which quickly was uh, hidden. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why he posted that, other than whatever. Ah, I don't know. Some people are just trolls, so they can just continue to be that because, I don't know, because maybe they didn't do the show or one of their close friends didn't do it, so it it must suck. Yeah, it just must suck, even though you probably never heard one second of it. Okay, let's continue. Continuing off of the last show, episode number 243, Justin Mayer Henry says, nice. I know know what I'll be listening to at work in the morning, and thank you, Justin, very much. Justin out of Colorado. 2016 Gold Star of the Year award, award winner, Mark Carlson, 2012 Gold Star of the Year Award winner out of Iowa, says, I listened to the podcast during breakfast today. Great show. Love the way it is presented. I hope you do score another advertising contract. That's, again, I'd like to get to Castle Danger out of Two Harbors, Minnesota. Oh, if anybody's listening from up there, please help help me out. That would be great. He says, I enjoyed the tall grass advertisements and I discovered a wonderful beer and yes it is. They've gotten a little weird though. Tall grass. They're getting weird like zombie monkeys gone why? Why would you get rid of zombie monkey? Ethos gone why? Ethos and zombie monkey were excellent. In fact they were the two highest rated beers on Beer Advocate and uh, what was the other one? RateBeer.com why would you get rid of the highest rated ones and they deserve to be the highest rated Buffalo Sweats, a mainstay still around good. 8-Bit's fun and, and an interesting one and that's uh, still around. But, man, and, and then you bring in, like, raspberry jam, blueberry jam. I haven't had them yet, but I don't know. And key lime pie was good, kind of weird, but still kind of good. Just out there. It's like they want all these out there kind of beers. Now, strawberry shortcake? Strawberry shortcake. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm not, like, against it. It's interesting, but it seems like it's almost more like a chick's beer company to me. And that's not a knock at women or anything. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's like chicks beer, like because it's like fruit kind of tastes like you know like 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 a fruit style beer. Nothing against anybody. It's just different. I why would you get rid of ethos? You can have the strawberry shortcake, but don't kill ethos. That's all. I mean, come on. Okay, let's continue. Sorry about that. I got sidetracked, and I had a feeling I would be when I read that. Uh, he says perhaps without an without an endorsement from the show, I may not have ever tried it. See, see, that's the thing. I helped Tallgrass. I I helped you. So. And it's not like they got rid of me. It's the guy that was that I was working with got let, laid off because they've made a lot of weird changes. They let out, laid off a ton of people and changed everything, the whole face of the company except the owner, pretty much. I don't know what the point of that was, and it's gotten weird. So I don't know. <laughs> not the first time things have gotten weird at, at companies. So <sighs> Certainly not the last either. He says, one more thought. The team seemed to lack confidence in themselves as a team all season last year. Even early on when they had the nice win streak going on, whatever was the issue, I hope they are long over it this season and play on a higher level like they are all paid to do, yeah. No more excuses, Mark from Iowa. I hope so, Mark. I really do. And you're a star candidate. Um, I freaking hope so. Star candidate so far, Brent Jacobson and Mark Carlson. Mm, I hope so. I mean, ugh. Mm, I don't know. Um... 
Mark says, you know, because I apologize because I didn't get around to it sooner, uh, that comment. It's like I didn't even see it. I don't know what happened. Mark says, hey, I love the podcast, and it's not about me or what I said or what I'm saying, but about the team and listening to your perspective and those of others uh, of other listeners really helps me to better understand the team and the game. Skull, and thank you very much, Mark. Gerald out of Nebraska, 2014 Gold Star of the Year winner. See, I always announce it like that, don't I? The, the, when I first say their name, <laughs> he says, thanks for the show and the star, Joey. Yep, we got a star last week. This was excited when I saw the new show was out because that came out of nowhere. Yep, he said it always makes my day. Thank you very much, Gerald. And apparently Gerald's been listening to like since like 09-ish. I mean, way back when I had the, the cheap little, uh, the cheap microphone. Way, way back when things were a little funny. But I suppose late 09, I upgraded to the M-Audio microphone. So, let's continue. He says, I try not to talk, to take too much stock in the preseason, but the third game was supposed to be the closest to the real thing, and, well, yuck. And, yeah, it was yuck until the backups saved the day. Fumbles, stumbles, sacks, blown coverages, and first three series at home on national television. Yeah, that was Sunday Night Football. Yikes, I hope it gets a little better than this. Only bright spot I can remember is Treadwell actually acting like he was part of the game plan on a few plays, so hoping he gets it going and like you, and, and like you hoping, yeah, he's like like I am uh, hoping that Floyd can stay off the sauce. Looks like he could still be the real deal after the suspension is done. Awesome job, awesome job as usual. Thank you very much, Gerald. I hope so with Floyd. I mean that's a big deal. Talk about a nice addition. I mean, wow. I mean, you have six receivers that can all play. And, well, six receivers, that's maybe Floyd versus Jarius Wright. And even Wright can play. It's just, unfortunately, he's kind of reduced and limited and all that. Where Floyd obviously has the talent to be a pretty damn good player in this league. Third or fourth receiver at a bare minimum. And you still got Coley and Adams who are quirky and interesting. Vikings versus 49ers game thread. Let's look around in that for a second. A little bit busy, back and forth. I was kind of going back and forth. I was mad about Smith. Sebastian Barton says third and nine, and we throw a one-yard route. Sick of this coaching staff. And Sebastian getting very, very frustrated indeed. Um, I believe he still hosts the Purple Press Box. Do look it up on Spreaker. It's Speaker with an R. Spreaker. Get that app if you could on your Apple and Android devices. Check out, look up uh, the Purple Press Box if it's still on there. I think it is. I mean... (laughs) He kind of disappeared for a while there when he uh, when he got with his new uh, fiance here. Congratulations to Sebastian and Amber there. Very cool. Yep, uh, Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. And he says, Vikes definitely aren't looking impressive at all tonight. I hope Zimmerman gets this fixed in a hurry. And Yeah, Zimmer, oh, you mean Zimmer, but yeah, it's okay. Uh, I guess it fixed in a hurry. It might have been his cell phone or something. Um, mm, yeah. I hear you, and you notice how I keep going, mm, ah, yeah, because there is a lot of ooh, ah, ooh, ah during the off the preseason. It wasn't pretty at all, Cedric, and you saw, I saw, and uh, yeah, it's just, you're just kind of left with, I hope so, because you don't want to put a lot of stock in the preseason, but sometimes there's indicators, like when a group of players like the offensive line or the secondary looks terrible, oftentimes that kind of, that kind of, bleeds into the regular season and that kind of is what it is because if it's a whole unit if the whole unit is sucking you might be in trouble um sometimes certain sometimes just in general the team might be just kind of playing not to get hurt in the preseason and there may have been a little bit of that with the secondary and i hope that's the case the offensive line we saw it coming the last couple of years it just looked like dog dookie and it continued to be dog dookie especially last season uh brett mccarthy says defense is turning to play and yes they were offense uh 
Offense was picking it up. Diggs was dropping balls. Yep, and he did drop one. And Treadwell looked okay. Yep. Says they better get the O-line that played last week out there. That was week two. Yep, we had a good conversation back and forth. And a nice play by Rodney Adams. Big catch and nice move and all that. And he got into the end zone. And that was nice. I, he was saying it was a good play. But they seem to be out of sync and way too many mistakes. Do you think Jared is the uh, is, is out at running back? And that was Jerick. I was thinking no, but now... Um, he still had value, and it was immediately after that that McKinnon took the ball to the house, and that, again, proves his worth because I think he's going to be special teams guy, and I want him to be on the special teams. Brett McCarthy agrees. He was continuing to say, and yeah, Brett McCarthy was a Silver Star winner last year. That's a, a big deal. He says, we are deep on the defensive side, though. Your thoughts on any trades for the for all linemen? Not yet. Um, we made a trade for secondary a secondary player, but as of right now, offensive line, it's kind of tough. I mean, you know what it's like with offensive linemen? It's you get gold or you get garbage, you know? <laughs> Copyright uh, Jermaine Wiggins. There's gold and there's garbage, you know? There's not much in between. And, and at this time of year, I don't think anybody's going to trade away a good offensive lineman because they're just, they're gold. The good ones are gold and everyone else isn't. And it, it, it's different. It's not like wide receivers where occasionally this guy's maybe, maybe not getting the chance he deserves and wow, now he's getting the ball, and he's actually pretty good, and he deserves it. It's, but that's especially in fantasy football. Kickers, it's like you can pick a guy up, and bam, he's the best kicker in football. And, and it's just a random guy who, you know, maybe had limited action in college. Like, maybe he was just, he only kicked for like two years, and he just kind of was red shirt or something other than that, or was out for the season, or God knows what. Uh, Reggie Adams was saying how the uh, backups were showing up. That was the 49ers game. I didn't even put one up for the Dolphins game, did I? I, th- I thought I did. I think I did, but if I didn't, shame on me. I thought I did. Oh my god, I'm losing my mind. He said, I had to watch it on DVR. The O-line is still suspect at best. A lot of starters playing till the half. Was nice to see. They really gave Treadwell some touches, and the ending was fun. That was really cool to see the young man run it in there. That was Taylor Heineke up for that gutty, gutty drive along the way. Some nice passes. He was able to get away from the pass rush and complete some nice passes. I like Taylor Heineke. I hope he does wind up on the practice squad. It kind of sucks to see him get cut. Uh, it's kind of weird. That must mean something's up. I don't know. Um, he said Miami Thursday, and then the cut follows. Yep. Um, I didn't put... I, I I thought I did. Maybe I didn't... Oh, I yeah. No, I didn't. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I think I had it up, and I didn't press send or something. You know how you post, post? What the hell? Oh. I finally changed the background because why am I having to the 2015 division champions in the background still? That's kind of dumb. So I got the, a nice, nice image of the U.S. Bank uh, Stadium in the background. A couple comments in the photo are, well, it's just me and, and uh, Justin Mayor Henry. Justin Mayor Henry says, paid $100 for Game Pass and it's blacked out, so I have to listen to audio. Blackouts are so stupid. And yes, they are. Blackouts really suck. Um... The, the first cuts, it was only like a couple guys there. It was at five so far. Sebastian Barton was saying, but one of them was Clemens. Um, Clemens uh, he said the first player ever to start 30 games in the first two years and be cut. Yep. Can you imagine that? TJ on his way out. Reggie Adams was saying out Charmaine Brock was an excellent pickup, and I think so too. I think so too. Reggie Adams. Reggie Adams had been on with uh, Sebastian Balls or Sebastian Barton at times in the past as well. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, I think so too, Reggie. So that's pretty much it right there. Uh, 
kind of responding on the fly here. There we go. <laughs> uh, I was talking about the newest episode will be out, and yep, here, here, you're listening to it now, so aren't you glad? I put up a, literally put a separate thread about Mr. Alex Boone getting cut. Matt Emer says, curious, the guy had fight, Cedric Paulding. Matt Emer out of the UK, by the way. Cedric Paulding says, why? Ultimately, the reasoning for that is injury concerns, and he just really wasn't playing well at all. So, kind of is what it is, you know. <sighs> yeah, unfortunate. <laughs> I'm kind of going on the fly here. 53-man roster, I posted that, and check for the visitor posts. Other than that, was his Lincoln, how was the play, right? Yeah, that's what it felt like. Hmm, Keenum looking good. That was Mark Carlson at the time. I think I read that out. Yep, he was very impressed in that second game of the preseason. Or was it the first game, actually? Leland Alberson, out of Iowa, posted an article a little bit after the last show saying how Vikings were getting better, getting back to health, correcting mistakes, and that was good. It was out of CBS Sports, and thank you for the post, Leland. Keep them coming. Uh, if you find a nice article, don't be afraid to post it on Purple Mafia. Really appreciate it. And anybody out there that thinks I don't appreciate, like, say, uh, uh, Ali Sidikai, if you're listening, could, you know, you're more than welcome to post your articles on my Facebook page, without a doubt. Um, really appreciate it. So thanks again. It's purple Ma- uh, facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia for this one. The other one is MN Vikings Haven for uh, Trevor Wickerman's page there on Facebook. I want to thank all of you very much again. There's multiple ways to get on the show. Apparently, the calling line still works just fine. So Dylan sent it right to me right away. So apparently, it's still very much there, and I appreciate Dylan very much. Dylan Richardson. Um, <laughs> I was just kind of getting a different thought there about Timberwolves' explosion. That that show, yeah. I mean, there was some news about that one the last week or so. At some point, we'll be joining the uh, Courtside Network. It'll probably, I'll still be probably posting it on the sportsstuff.com though, but still, it's just that'll bring in the, some more Australian listeners for that show, even though it gets quite a few, and I appreciate you guys so much, Vince Germano and Tanae Brown and many others. Uh, Tanae's actually from New Zealand, but similar part of the world, we'll say, similar hemisphere and all that. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much. Uh, to get on the show, just like Brent did, it's 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Imagine you're calling in for the Purple Mafia show, or like, hey, Joey, Purple Mafia, whatever, like Brent did. That was excellent and appreciated always. That's the phone number. Then there's the call now button on the Facebook page, which goes to the same line right away. Just a one-click, boom, you're there. Same thing. It's about, I think the limit is three to five minutes for that phone line. And then there's the audio submission route where you use the free uh, voice recorder on your phone. You can treat it exactly like a phone recorder. Uh, uh, you can treat it exactly like a phone call is what I'm trying to say. And keep it to about five minutes. You you know, and some of you maybe even ten. I don't know if you really, really want to. But probably during game weeks, I, I'd say keep it to five maximum. Just because. Because what if more than, more than one person calls? It could drag for really long. So just for the sake of time. <laughs> all that. So, I mean, not that I'm against it, but yeah, five minutes is, is a while, you know, and I'll give you the floor and you enjoy every second of it. You're more than welcome to do that. Email that to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. You just simply save it and then email it. You can use a cut and paste because I will put everything, all this information in the show description. So if you want to just simply cut and paste your recording, you can do it that way, paladinolive at yahoo.com. Once again, 
Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the season preview as I start my 10th season covering the show. It is absolutely insane that I spend that many. I've had many years where I get frustrated, discouraged, maybe lack of downloads, this and that. Seem like nobody ever notices me here in this town. It gets frustrating. And, you know, and uh, those of you out there, you've, you've kept me going and I appreciate you very much. And it's crazy to imagine, crazy to imagine it's been that long already. Um, man, 10 years ago, I was going, getting on YouTube posting, talking about Adrian Peterson's first ever touchdown in the NFL. Now here he comes to the New Orleans Saint all these years later. Unbelievable. Huh. Well, it's crazy. Please do, uh, if those of you out there that haven't, can you please, please, please give a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes. If you want to help the show out, they would help so much. A positive review on iTunes about Purple Mafia. It only helps. And those of you that have already, thank you very, 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 very much. Um, that's about it right now. Enjoy this wonderful weather. When you're walking around at the State Fair, if you still are, the next couple of days here on Memorial, uh, Labor Day weekend, pardon me, pop in those earphones and listen to Purple Mafia. When you're out there mowing the lawn, get some 3M Tech. Uh, <laughs> I'm, they might be a really good sponsor. I was thinking about that the other day. 3M, the little 3M Tech ear protectors, like they're that red... It looks like an earmuff, but you can put your little earphones, your little earbuds, like earbud earphones, underneath them. You put them, you put them in your ear like you normally would, and then you get the uh, 3M Tech ear protectors, where it uh, kind of cuts out sound. You could mow the lawn with those on and hear just fine. That's what I do every day. I listen to podcasts every day when I mow lawns, and that's what's something you could do because mowing lawns can get kind of you know be tedious and boring, right? But if you're listening to a podcast like this one or Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, or God knows what. That's a way to do it, and uh, you'll enjoy it very, very much that way. So that's a possible sponsor one day. They're even local here in Minnesota, so that makes it even better for those of you that uh, would consider <laughs> consider going that direction and would say, hey, you need to stay local. Well, that's a way of doing it. That's a really good sponsor idea. Hmm. If any of you out there are listening that work for that company, <laughs> get a hold of me, please. That would be very, very helpful. Well, everyone, enjoy the nice weather what's left of it <laughs> and all that at least it's not hot and humid i'm very happy about that i uh, just want to thank you again for listening and wish you all a good night a good morning good afternoon whatever it is and let's get started with some minnesota vikings regular season football <laughs>